Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, Sai from Ace Podcast Nation. You can keep up to date with what's coming up on Twitter, AceCast at AceCast Nation, and our Facebook page. Come like, follow. All that type of jazz. Uh, all our latest shows and videos will go to YouTube, to the YouTube channel first. So hit, hit the subscribe button and uh, then hit the bell to get notifications so you get a notification every time we upload a video. Uh, so as we're all super bloody hyped for Avengers Endgame, uh, we thought we'd do three mini podcasts discussing each of Marvel's uh, phases for their 10-year masterpiece of storytelling. Uh, joining me for this is my buddy from the Conspiracy Theory Shows, Reese. Say hi, Reese. Hi, everyone. This is going to be good stuff. Um, so unlike the other shows we've done, which were longer, um, and obviously all the guests I've had, where I've been like prepared and I've sort of planned out where I'm going to go, we're just going to go through the films bit by bit and... Uh, See where it takes us, I suppose. But, like, it was a decade ago that it all started. And, uh, like, my youngest kid, he wasn't even born when Iron Man 1 came out. And, like, he's obsessed with them. And he's hyped as fucking hell for uh, Endgame. But he wasn't even born when they started. So, it was, like, it shows you how long and uh, intertwining they've been. And that's it's no easy feat. Like, not many TV series go 10 years, let alone, like, a film series with a load of TV series intertwined into it. That in itself is uh, quite the achievement, if you ask me. What do you reckon? Totally, mate. It's marvellous, revolutionised film industry tv industry look how many tv series spin-offs they've had like, granted most of them worked but people as soon as marvel release anything now everyone's all over it no matter oh, yeah. what... and 
from. And, you know, we've got to be fair, not everything Marvel has done has been that great. There's been a few little clangers in there, haven't there? Oh, yeah. But you know what? Like, I like all the TV shows. The, I've got, the I've ones where I... It's the I've films. There's been the odd film, which I haven't been that impressed with. But uh, I like all the Mar- all the Netflix shows. And I like... I love a, I love um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. It's got better and better every season. That's my favourite one. But like, if you look, like DC have tried to uh, tried to copy it, and they yeah. just haven't been able to do it. So like that shows in itself how hard it is to do, because arguably they had bigger, more well-known characters to start with. If you get like where Marvel totally. started in two thousand and eight, they didn't have like a Batman and a Superman and all that type of thing. Like Iron Man was a relatively obscure character. Yeah. And he introduced us to the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. And, like, the thing is, as well, is, like, like when I was a kid, I wasn't really into, like, comics and that. And it's only since 2008 that I've really got into them. And, like, I watch various, like, YouTubers and stuff who talk about all the Easter eggs and the stuff coming, yeah. which links them to the comics and that. But, like, I want it. Like from by all accounts, Iron Man's not like uh he's not like a Batman or a uh Superman or someone like that. He was really, really famous and was like a massive had a huge comic book run. But then now he is, obviously, because he's like the main guy, isn't he? But like when when we were younger, mate, let's be honest, there was only three superheroes you ever wanted to be Batman, Superman, Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, and that was we, it. That was Marvel. I didn't know Marvel and DC and all this. They were just three superheroes to me. Yeah, that's it. Now, but as I grew up, then I kind of figured DC is an adult Marvel. DC isn't family friendly. Yeah, they just and then and then in the end, they got like caught between. They didn't know whether they wanted to be for adults or families. And they got sort of caught in the middle, and it wasn't very good. I think they got scared by Marvel and tried to compete. They should have just kept doing their own thing. Yeah, definitely, mate. So, compete with Marvel. Yeah, I say got no chance now, especially. Although the best, uh, the best non-Marvel comic book show I've seen is Umbrella Academy. That was fucking awesome. That was Uh, amazing. I will be honest, mate. But weirdly. Can you explain why it was amazing? Nobody can. But we need to save this for that podcast. Let's yeah, yeah, it. I know. I was going to say, we're going to review that in a couple of weeks when we've watched it again. Excited, aren't we? It was fucking awesome, mate. Honestly, it's I really one of my favourite TV shows over the last couple of years. Right, oh. anyway, getting distracted. I've got to keep yeah. this to the half hour. <laughs> okay, so 2008, Iron Man come out. I didn't watch it at the time. I think I watched it about a year later. And I remember when I watched it, I just watched it because it was something that was just something to do. Like, I'd, I think I had my accident. So I had an accident in July 2008. So, like, the following year, I was on crutches and using a wheelchair now. So I was, like, looking for films to watch, come across this. And I was, it was really good. So I enjoyed it. And then all of a sudden, right at the end, the credits, like Samuel L. Jackson turned up. And I was like, hang on a minute. 
you want in the fucking film. Yeah. So I had to go. I went and googled why was Samuel L. Jackson in there only in the credits, like because at that point I didn't know anything about Marvel and like I knew that it was a Marvel character, but I didn't know what they were planning and what was coming. And I went and I yeah. looked, and they were like, "Oh, it's Nick Fury," and I recognised that name, and then I was just went down the rabbit hole a bit then and got cracking. Yeah, and then. Uh, they- but Iron Man didn't really sort of introduce us to Marvel as such. It was just, oh, that was a good film, man. He's cool. And then we got introduced to Marvel. What What was next? Was it Hulk? Yeah, Captain America, I think. I know it was. It was uh, so it went. Got the list in front of me now. So it was Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, yeah, Thor, Thor Captain America, America, and then yeah. the Avengers, yeah. which was like fever. I was. By the time Avengers come out, mate, I was like fever pitch. Yeah, I was hooked. Other than and, until Mark Ruffalo, I couldn't stand anyone who played the Hulk, mate. I'm not going to lie. They they ruined them films. Yeah, I quite like... See, I quite like the um, another one with... Uh, what's his face? Who left? Oh, yeah, that Edward Norton played one, didn't he? And, um, That's it. I see, I, quite, I don't like him in it. He was, I thought he was dreadful, like... But the Who one the Aussie, Aussie one, uh, Eric Banner That's played it, yeah. him. I really like him. He was good in Chopper as well. I like Eric Banner as well. He's a stand-up comedian, isn't he? And he played Chopper. Yeah. I like him in them. But Hulk, no. But Ruffalo has nailed it. Yeah, My and I think he is with the Eric Banner. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's really um, coming to his own with it, and like yeah. he's. World, well, you know, he's a worldwide star now as well. Yeah, he did his own. He showed with the, Eric, the Bruce Banner Hulk struggle as well. None of the others did. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you you could feel, especially over the last couple of films. Yeah, you could feel him more now. Whereas the Avengers, it was last. always. I think um, I liked the Eric Banner one as a, like a standalone, just as just a film. I thought it was all right. I quite like him, and I quite liked the story. But it's a shame that they had like the Edward Edward Norton, and they had the dispute and stuff with him because they haven't bothered with any of the characters from the from that Hulk film, yeah. which they probably would have used over the last couple of years. Like the woman, like uh, Betty Ross, and who plays yeah. like is in all the comics and all. Like Hulk was the one I was more aware of when I was younger. Yeah, everyone knew Hulk was, didn't they? Well, Lou Ferrigno. And, like, they, obviously, it was always, like, uh, oh, fuck's sake, sorry, Mitch. Um, it was always, like, the Betty Ross, like, the daughter of his arch-enemy, was, like, his love interest, always. Yeah. And I thought Liv Tyler did a really good job. And I liked um, Tim Roth, as well, as... Uh, abomination, but it was just a shame that Edward Norton, he wasn't dreadful, but he was just obviously they they just didn't use any of the characters then. Yeah, and I, I think they they overplayed the Hulk a bit, if you get me, even though he is that extreme and things. I think they overplayed him in them. This is Mark Ruffalo has absolutely nailed it for me. Yeah, and I think when it comes to Endgame, it's going to be like his full 
arc in it is going to be like the end of his arc of over the last sort of four or five films. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see a different version of Hulk in Endgame. Oh, because Hulk's never been beat as such. I like there was Thor Ragnarok, but he's never, you know, been beat, beat. And, you know, let's no. be, he had a beat down. So after Hulk, there was Iron Man 2. And I forgot until the other, when I, I was just looking at clips of Iron Man 1 the other day. They changed the, uh, the War Machine uh, actor, didn't they? Yeah. So in Iron Man 1, it was uh, Terrence Howard. And then by Iron Man 2, he was out. So, like, in, if you think, like, in the first two films they made in the MCU, they got rid of Edward Norton and they got rid of the guy who was playing War Machine. Yeah. So, like, I could say, at that point, they might have been thinking, well, this could be cursed, like, we're having a few issues with the main actors. But, they, you know, they turned it around. I, I think, and, like, I I they pulled in for their casting, but it's, it's all down to them. I mean, even look at the Fantastic Four. They took him away and they've made him Captain America. Yeah. And they slipped in a new Fantastic Four film. You know, they totally changed all characters. And it's weird because a lot of the actors who are in the MCU, a lot of them are comedy actors. Yeah. Like Chris Evans was predominantly a a comedy actor. Yeah. Same as... um, What's it called Ant Man guys? You know, he's the same uh, yeah, you know, comedy actors. Friends with yeah, his picture, I think. So, like, even Robert Downey Jr. done quite a lot of comedy films. So, like, yeah. they've shown a lot of chops with who they've got in. And um, the woman but, who plays but... Captain Marvel's a cop, you know, she's done a lot of comedy films. So, they, yeah. they obviously, in their heads, like, they're looking for people who've got like the comedy timing but also can rope you into the story as well yeah the, the comedy side of marvel is a big big part of it isn't it let's be fair yeah and the, the, the way they do it is they do like a bit there's like a bit in there for the kids but there's also like a yeah. wink adults as well isn't there? i think the first avengers perfectly balanced the comedy action yeah definitely and I mean, there's uh, that ultimate bit in it where the bit where Hulk punches Thor, where they stood there, you know, best mates, and then Hulk just punches him. And yeah. that scene there, that, that's going to go down as legendary. Everybody talks yeah. about scene after the film. And uh, and when he um, slams uh, Loki down. Loki, that is a puny god. Yeah. I love it. So, like, after Iron Man 2, you had Thor, and. Uh, Kenneth Branagh uh, directed it. Yeah, the first. He, um, I didn't realise when again when I was looking at the clip, he made um, Chris Hemsworth dye his eyebrows blonde in the first one because he wanted like this authentic Nordic yeah. look, and uh, it looks really weird like now because obviously he added in the first one, and then as they changed directors and whatever, they haven't wanted the same look. And it just looks weird, man. It just looks... She's got look, these bright blonde eyebrows. I'm going to be honest. I, I, I've never even noticed that. Well, I didn't know about it. It's only until I went back and was looking at some of the clips recently. But, like, the, the first thought... You can change a character and you can 
so quickly adapt to it. Like when they cut off Thor's hair, within 10 minutes of the film, it was as if he'd always had short hair. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's crazy. But the, um, I think, like, Iron Man 1, I, I enjoyed. Incredible Hulk would have been good if they could have had Ruffalo in there. Iron Man 2, I did like Iron Man 2. I, I like uh, the fact that they brought in Black Widow and they brought in Don Cheadle as well to play War Machine. Yeah. And you had just Justin Hammer as, like, the sort of bad guy and the whiplash and stuff as the body. So by this point, I was like, yeah, I like these films. I really, really like them. And I think after Iron Man 2 was when I got my kids watching them, even yeah. though they weren't quite old enough, or so two of them weren't like they. And then Thor Mate, my, was the first. My kids are four and six, and they've seen almost all of them, and they absolutely yeah. love it. But it matters. You, they just can't get enough of it, but We called our dog Odin. Uh, We've called our dog Odin. Excellent. That's a good name, mate. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, we named my dog in 2009. So, like, just missed it. Otherwise, he, I think she would have been ended up being something similar. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Thor was the first film in the first phase, anyway, where I was like, yeah, this is the shit. I love this. Yeah. I really, really liked it. You get introduced to Colson in like a bigger part. Yeah, I think he was in a couple of the others, like just in and out sort of thing. But this was the first one where he was in it for a, a predominant, you yeah. know, like a big length of time. And he's he's again a really funny guy. Tom yeah. Hiddleston's amazing. I'm not a massive Yeah, it's um I like Idris Elba as well, like and it's got so he's got so many good actors in it. But they play Thor, like you've just named it there. Thor was the first one that really brought in so many like how can you put it big characters in the same film. Mm. Yeah, there was just loads of them. On usually, if you have too many characters or heroes or whatever it might be, it just doesn't work. There's too many stories going on and whatever it might be. But Thor, they nailed it with that one, and then they just built on it, built on it, built on it. Yeah, because you had, like, um, with Thor, you had, like, Odin and um, his mother, uh, who was played by Rene Russo, Rene Russo, and you had um, the Doctor, and you had um, Idris Elba, obviously, and you had Tom Hiddleston, Chris Hemsworth, but then you also had Hawkeye come in. He wasn't in it, like, hugely. We just introduced him to it when the hammer was in the ground and he was up in like the crow's nest when Thor first went to try and lift the hammer when he'd had his powers taken off him. Yeah. And like it was just a little introduction. Didn't need to be a massive part of the film, just introduced him. There you are, he's there. He's part of a shield. And you had a bigger field for shield, I think, as well in Thor. Because in Iron Man 2, like Black Widow was like undercover as working for Tony Stark. She wasn't Black Widow, she was like his secretary or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's only towards the end when you get like 
I'm not even sure if that's Iron Man 2 where he finds... No, it must be Iron Man 3. Uh, yeah, it is Iron Man 2, isn't it? Where she's, like, undercover, and then when yeah. he has a crisis of conscience, to me, and then she sort of turns out, or Fury turns up, and uh, is, like, giving it... It tells him with the score what's going on. But, yeah, Thor, Thor's good, because he gets stripped of his powers, and then he's got to get, get him back, and you have the big fight at the end. And then, following Thor, you had Captain America, the first Avenger. Now, this is the one film, out of all of them, that my kids are not fussed on. Because, I think it's because it's set in, like, your sort of First World War or whatever. And I think they struggle to get into it as much. They have watched it a couple of times. And they like yeah, Red America was more... Um... Of an introduction to a character than the big film Marvel usually makes it, I think. Yeah, and I think it was not so much, it was an introduction into Steve Rogers and the type of person he is rather than the superhero Captain America. Yeah. Does that make sense? There's that one bit at the beginning, isn't it, when he's doing the training and uh, he drops the flagpole? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that bit there, that, that shows the person he is. And the confidence in him at the same time. Yeah, and as you got like the bit in the alleyway where he's taking a beating and he says, um, I could do this all day. And then they obviously they call back to that a couple of times throughout yeah. all the film in Civil War. I know the definitely call back to that. And like he dives on the grenade in the train, him on that. Yeah. So like but it's a fake grenade that the when they're trying to find candidates for this super soldier serum. Yeah. And uh, he just dives on it without thinking. And uh, I lo- the thing I lo- always amazes me about it is the work, like the uh, the special effects to make him really skinny. And that is how they do that. It, but it's, it's like, even you his don't face. realize how skinny he was, like, until you go back and watch, if you watch the clip where he, goes in the big tube and they inject it and all that and he has the and he goes from like tiny to like ripped and buff and he's like the difference is phenomenal yeah and I think that's not only have they revolutionized film and storytelling over the last sort of 10 11 years but they've also revolutionized special effects yeah the because... CGI in films now is it's immense isn't it like the CGI in all the Marvel films is incredible because it doesn't look like CGI when you're watching no. it. The Hulk, so, the Hulk is the prime example of it. it. You, it almost makes you believe that's a real person there you're watching. You know, yeah, because you get lost in the story, which obviously is a credit to the actors. But like, you know, some films you could be watching and you could you like you might be into it, but you just notice the special effects. Yeah, because you know there might be the colours or the graphics or whatever it may be. Just something catches your eye. But like you watch these films and you just think, just you're just watching the story, like and the actors' performance story. So obviously, yeah, Captain America got his powers, faces Red Skull. Red Skull disappears in uh, right at the end. Yeah, we never see him, but we don't see him. I should have said at the start, careful for spoilers, but I mean, to be honest, you know, if you haven't watched... If it's like, a Marvel yeah. fan, they've seen every single film that's out. Yeah, I'll say that. They haven't, shame on you. 
indeed. So then, 2012, the Avengers came out in America. It was called Avengers Assemble, but uh, oh no, yeah. in the UK it was called Avengers Assemble, but everywhere else it was called the Avengers or Marvel the Avengers. But this was just an incredible film. It was just awesome from mm-hmm. start to finish. And I remember watching it with my kids, and like the first sort of first half of it, where they keep popping up on screen, like all of them, like one by one, and they were like, "Oh my God, there's there's so and so, there's so and so, there's so and so," and I just remember watching them get progressively more excited as we were watching it. Yeah, and then, I mean, <laughs> I'll be honest. When Avengers first came out. I doubted it. I didn't think it was going to work with all these superheroes together. But it absolutely blew it out of the water. I think... I remember because... coming to the cinema, and I've never felt that good coming out of the cinema since Darth Vader told Luke he was his dad. I was just blown away. Yeah, it was just phenomenal. And, like, just the way... And I think a big part of it is the majority of or a lot of people who watched Avengers had watched the five or six films before so they didn't have to waste time doing origin stories and building up the characters and why they're this and why they're that they just just told the story of the Avengers and they just linked perfectly to different parts of all the other different films. Yeah. It was like the Tesseract or Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch, um, Scarlet Witch, uh, Black Widow and, do you know what I mean? Like they yeah, were just it's within like the first 10 seamless. minutes of this film, bang, the enemy's there and the fight started because we knew, like you say, who every single person was already. Yeah, and you had... Anybody, it wasn't just action for action because in the first scene, like Loki comes and takes the Tesseract and takes like mind controls Hawkeye and the Doctor, but also you see the Tesseract straight away, so you're like, oh, I seen that in Captain America, yeah, and and then you're like, oh, I seen Hawkeye and Iron Man too, and so even if I still think you must be mad to like not have watched all of the Marvel films, but equally you could easily have just watched it. Yeah, and just get the characters straight away sort of thing. I mean, most people know Loki and Thor are anyway from mythology and school and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Tom Hiddleston's just so good as well. He's, he plays Loki perfectly. And he's another one, like Hulk, who's had like this perfect long story through multiple films of like started off where he was friends with Hulk and then really he was jealous and then progressively through the films it's like moved to like at Avengers now he was like his fever pitch of hating Thor but like he didn't hate him like he wanted to kill him he hated him, and he wanted to take like rule Earth to show Th- Thor that he could be this like ruler. Yeah, he wanted to be the better brother, basically, didn't he? Yeah, he was and the old like, thing. He went that all the way around to full circle, 
Oh, later on. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, right. So, what's your favourite part of Avengers? Honestly, the the most my favourite scene in Avengers is that one I said earlier, where they stood there pretty much after the battle and Hulk punches Thor. That was legendary. It was one of the funniest moments I've ever seen in any film. I remember being in the cinema and the whole place just erupted at that point. And that's when you realised Hulk's cool. He wasn't just the Hulk. At that point there, you were like, bang. That's cool. Yeah, and I think as well that when he smashes Loki, but um, I like the when Hulk first turns up on the motorbike at the end and um, Iron Man says to Captain America, right, call it. And he like says, do this, do that. And they do like a spinning shot of them all stood together for the first yeah. time. That's my, I just, that was when I was like, oh, that's like a spine tingling film moment. Yeah. Just yeah. like a film moment. Indeed. So, that was phase I've one. I've got to ask you, before we move on, who is your favourite character? Who's mine? Or... Yeah. On the spot right now. I thought you were going to say Hawkeye then, and we were going to end this conversation. See, I do like Hawkeye. I like... Uh, he could be no one's favourite. Come on. You're right there. I, um, I like Loki, mate. Yeah? Um, yeah. I, I find it difficult not to gravitate towards him. It's just fine. My favourite is actually Thor. Yeah, I think my missus likes Thor. Yeah. And my kids like Thor. Loki is the best baddie ever, though, for me. Yeah. How can you best not? Best baddie is always the one that you can see why they're a bit you like the way relate. they are. You can relate. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I like... Um, that's the thing. It's hard. I like I like some of the newer characters. I like all the guardians as well. They're my yeah, they're my favourites to be honest. My my Rocket and Groot, amazing characters to introduce. Groot especially. Perfect, the, the perfect toy company dream they were, weren't yeah. they? As soon as them characters come up, did you notice Disney went wow? We're having all you lot. Yeah, they just toys we um so i brought the kids like they got the, the heli carrier and stuff when they were younger yeah and, uh, oh, it's like the best toy ever the heli carrier it's just like this massive thing i had a load of fun with that yeah kids um, my, my kids are into the dressing up of it we got all kinds of their outfits here mate yeah you gotta have the costumes it's oh, the yeah. easiest world book day ever if you've got like a marvel Marvel fans of kids, just yeah, we've got them all Iron Man, Spider Man, Captain America. Um, he's got a rocket one, my boy. Everything yeah. we got a vision one, we have as well, which is awesome. That's... The um, the mask for the vision, vision co- costume is so detailed, and it's only like it's not like one of the expensive ones, it's just like a cheap one from like Asda's or Tesco's or whatever. Do you know and, what? Um, You've just just made me remember. When I went to watch the Avengers, I went with my mate Nicola. 
and we went to yeah. the opening one, the first screening, and we thought everyone's going to be dressed up in their costumes and all this sort of stuff. And we said, oh, we'll chuck whatever Marvel stuff we've got, we'll chuck on. The only Marvel item I had was a pair of boxer shorts that I wore mm. over my jeans. And I thought, oh, oh man, everyone's going to be dressed up. We got to the cinema. Do you think there was one other person, even in a Marvel T-shirt? Was there bollocks? Just me. Stood there, boxer shorts outside my jeans. There you go. Excellent. Dear me. That's appalling. Yeah, it was, mate. We saw um, uh, Maria Hill as well in Avengers One, which she's been quite a, she's been quite a good character. That's going who like links up all the TV and films, and I think that's what they've done well is is they've used characters like her, which people recognise because they're big actors. Yeah. actresses and they've used those characters on the tv yeah. shows just to like link it all together and it just that's all people want yeah the tv shows and over the last have... few years tv shows have become massive haven't they oh yeah since and pretty i think got... lost kind of broke that area where the tv show became kind of bigger than a film mm. well I've seen the stuff they've announced for the Disney Plus when that launches later in the year. Yes. Yeah. Like a Loki show and uh, Falcon and um, Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh, what's the other one? Vision and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. And they're all, you know, they're going to be like mini TV series, but with the film actors in, which they're just going to be incredible. And yeah. before to get Disney Disney Plus. I'd Obviously love to see Disney. Loki hosting a TV show. You know, like yeah, a I... talk show, but as Loki. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> I think the Loki TV show, though, mate, will be, I think, anyway, it's going to be him, because it's supposed to be something like him travelling through time, influencing, like, world events and stuff. There is, there's I a think. massive backstory to Loki. He's the god of mischief. Yeah, there's loads they can do with that. Oh, and I, I wonder whether they're going to have him played by like someone else, a younger version of him, with Tom Hiddleston voice, like doing voiceovers and stuff. Yeah, I hope they don't. I'd rather see Tom Hiddleston, but that's what I got a feeling they may do. I think they're going to have to use a different actor at some point to go back so far, aren't they? Yeah, I suppose there is that. But then there he's as as guardian, me. So it's like, uh, he's not though, is he? Loki. I know he's Australian, me. No, he's not. Odin oh, adopted him from Wales, hasn't he? Australian. Yeah. Right. So that's phase one. We're gonna do two other videos, phase two, phase three, and then we'll probably have uh, some Avengers End Game. Before we skip on, do you think we should end each video with a little, an end game theory, should we say? And then you give one. Give us an end game theory. Who do you think? I, no, I want to ask you a question and I want your theory here. Who do you think is going to deliver the kill blow to Thanos? Uh, oh, I was thinking about this the other day. 
uh, I think it's going to be, well, without thinking about it too deeply, I think it's going to be Hulk. So no. I think because I think since the end of Age of Ultron, they've been building up his story. Yeah. Or for different films because they haven't got the rights to make a solo film without giving money to Universal. Yeah. So they decided to build his stuff. His film has been mixed over three other films. Yeah. So you have added end Avengers. Uh, Age of Ultron, he went to space. Then you had Thor Ragnarok, and then this. I, I, so he's I now think... he's now on the redem- redemption straight of his story, where he's had the big. So if it was one film, this is like the middle of the film where he's had the big knockback where he loses, and then Avengers Endgame is going to be his arc, where the first part of the film he still won't be Hulk, he still won't be Hulk. Something will happen. Probably Black Widow will get attacked. Yeah. Hulk will come out. He'll go in there. Thanos will retreat. Then they'll have a big battle at the end. And I think he'll give him an ass whooping. That's who I think. I agree with you, Ian. I think Hulk's going to give him a major ass whooping. You know, they've they got to meet again, haven't they? It, it's got to happen. But the kill blow for me, I think... I can't narrow it down to one person. But I think it's either going to be Thor or Captain America. Only because they're original Avengers and they're the most honourable of the Avengers. If anyone deserves that mantle, it's one of them too. Like, don't get... Iron Man was the first Avenger and he's he's probably the most known character as such, but he's nowhere near as honourable as Thor or Captain America. So I think Thor will do it if it involves some sort of time travel and they go back to the exact moment where he threw the stormbreaker and hit him in the chest and then thought, uh, and then Thanos says oh uh, you should have aimed for my head and then he disappears i i could if see the end line being time travel, i aim for your head this time same you scene. he'll hit him in the head and then he'll say like aim for the head this time or something you know yeah but the that's the reason I think Thor, and because of the honour thing, but the reason we're Captain America, i got a funny feeling they're going to kill Iron Man off. Uh, see, I think they're going to cap- I think Captain America's going to die to save Tony. <clears throat> I think to get the... They'll, have to, they'll probably go and try and get all their... If Captain America's going to die, I don't think it's going to be saving Tony. I think it'll no, be... No, I, think, I think they'll... Him and Tony will go to get the soul stone, because they're going to try and get all the stones, I'd imagine, well, I'm guessing. They're yeah. going to try and get the stones before Thanos gets them. Those two will go and get the soul stone, and then Tony will... Uh, Tony, Captain America will sacrifice himself for Tony. But then I think, actually, Tony might sacrifice himself for, to- for Steve, because in Avengers 1, Steve said to him, uh, Tony, that he wasn't the one to sacrifice himself for the team. Yeah. Yeah, there was so that. Spinning it either way with both of them. I, I think Captain America, if he's going to snuff it, I think it's going to be saving Pepper and Tony's unborn child. Yeah, there's so many different ways, you know. Yeah. But, but regarding the Soul Stone, 
to me, it's either going to be the swap soul is either going to be a baddie that they somehow, you know, connive to do it or Nebula in the ultimate mm. sacrifice. Because Nebula's been a bit of a twat, to be honest, up until the last <laughs> few films. In, um, in the comics, it's Nebula who kills him. Yeah. Um, so I think they'll tease that. But I don't think she'll be the one who kills him. So but I don't think she's got the emotional... Thanos has been beat quite a few times in the comics, if I'm right, I think. Yeah. Like, very yeah, yeah. different characters. In one of the Infinity storylines, she killed him. I think Gamora might have killed him as well. Yeah. So they'll tease her. They'll tease her. Who do you think stays dead? I don't think any of them will stay dead. The end of Ed, Avengers. Think any of them are dead. Okay. They've got to be in a quantum realm, or they, they've got to be somewhere. I see. I think Loki's going to stay dead because he wasn't killed by the stones. Yeah, he, unless that, that's that's what I thought you made just the snap. The ones who have died before, but anyone can be brought back to life. It's true. It's comic book, mate. Anyone can die and come back. Look at Colson. You know, Loki's a frost giant. There's more chance you're going to bring something like that back to life. Colson was just a normal human. Tahiti, baby. Yeah, right. So, like, uh, so, last quick question for the phase one. Do you yeah. think that. Uh, I can't really name that. Quicksilver will come back. In Avengers Endgame. I think you're going to get snippets of them all. Because I've got a theory on Endgame. And I think we better save save it. Right. So we've gone 40 minutes now. So uh, to everyone listening, watching. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me, Reese. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the Facebook page. Come visit on Twitter. It's at AceCast underscore Nation. Cheers, guys. Bye, everyone. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Barapapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado.